Hi, I'm Mindy Stern. I'm J.D. Cargill. And I'm Michelle Arego, and this is Friends Some and Then Some. We are three best friends who met over two decades ago working in L.A.'s local news scene, and we started this podcast to listen, learn, and laugh. How <laughs> do we laugh? On our journey to improving the midlife experience through the incredible power of friendship. And each week we rip back the curtain on midlife, candidly exposing the biggest issues facing middle-aged people, often by sharing the intimate details of our own lives and our friendship. Through expert guests and celebrity interviews, we offer friendship-based tips, tricks, hacks, and solutions to living your best midlife. We are Midlife AF and Flossom AH. So here we go. It's Friends Friends and then some. I love being How with you, are peeps. My favorite two women in the whole Bring world. Back my girls. Well, my mother probably heard that and she's like, uh-uh. No, uh, no, no. They oh, can be your oh, friends. Oh, but. She's your favorite mama. We're your favorite women. She's a different level. Yeah. So how have you been, Michelle? Mindy, I love you both so much. You know what? Wonderful. I am excited today because like there's there one of our guests kind of ties us all together in mm-hmm. some respects. And when I look back at our friendship that started 20 years ago, mm-hmm. like that is a very significant, special part of our lives. And all of our careers were launched in right. where we came together. Local and, news. And mm-hmm. it became something really special. Out of that, look at this friendship yeah. that it's still... And here I we are, back the on the air. <laughs> I call it the University of KTLA. Like, I to love me, it. it was a, another form of education and that, you know, we all have this alumni mentality um, people who are still there, people who are still connected, and still friends with um, people that are 100%. there. This is so this fun. This is a therapy Tuesday. I like therapy. I love therapy. Did you bring your couch? BYOC. Exactly. Bring, bring your, your own couch. couch. Everybody, everybody <laughs> listening at home, just so. relax. Stretch your legs out, make yourself comfortable, and get ready for us to shrink your brain. We were going to have like a mode of the show, but I think it's going to bounce all over the place because, y'all, we need help here. We need some serious therapy. And um, who doesn't need a little therapy? I love the full circleness of of today's show. I do too. We all were teenagers at KTLA, and now 20 (laughs) years later, we are. Bringing on guests that in we our mid thirties, and we now met, we need therapy. That we met when we were just children <laughs> back at KTLA. Well, so I'll do the formals. Please do it, please. Well, she's my muse. I told you. Uh, I talked a lot about her in our women in entertainment show. Um, Marsha Branwin is just one of my best and the best mentor that I have had in my life so far and she holds a special place in my heart um she was the first co-female anchor with connie chung back in the day which wasn't that long ago you guys so you know she's been breaking that glass ceiling from the beginning of time and um she's a big advocate for women supporting women and then she went into um, a more managerial role in in the newsroom as a journalist and took people under her wing and was the executive producer of ktla morning Mm -hmm. show and brought a real integrity uh different point of view um she's so worldly she's wicked smart Mm -hmm. and then she does a new chapter mm-hmm. later in life and goes back to school and becomes a psychotherapist. I mean, she pretty much was everybody's psychotherapist that, without the well degree, degree, right? Behind so, all that you know, um, as someone who's, who's brave, who goes, you know what, I'm going to go this direction and I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to believe in myself and I can start all over. And Dr. Rick, um, he was my go-to therapist for the morning show. I was in I remember, charge of yes. booking mm-hmm. him and he was a regular and whatever topic was relevant at the time time he would come on um his specialty is in trauma and um 
he works a lot with our house and he's a grief specialist. And then Marsha, her specialty now is couples therapy. So let's welcome them. They themselves have been friends for decades and they have an interesting friendship. And um, let's bring KTLA them on. Hey, friendship. Hey, Marcia, Marcia, Dr. Rick. Dr. Rick. Welcome to the Friendsome. <laughs> You've always been a part of the Friendsome family, but now it's official. It well, and, and Michelle, to what you were saying, I'm part of that KTLA alumni. You are. Um, that's where Marsha and I first met and we worked together and developed this really amazing friendship over the last 20 years. So I'm part of that same group and, and uh, I'm, I totally adore this woman as well. Marsha, you know, I think you can say too that a lot of people, I really hate it when people go, oh, I don't. I don't mix friends with business. That is so untrue oh, yeah. that it can't work. And um, you can develop the best friends ever through work. How and do you not, that's, work is actually where you meet your best friends. I right. had a friend at KTLA and I used to think to myself and I found out that it is true mm -hmm. that when you really love your work, yeah. it's not often that you really love the work. You love the people. people that you have at work. And if you have your best friend at work, you love work. And oh, I have yeah, very totally. best friend at work. I know, Barbara Lopez Nash. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> working with I your best you. friend. Oh, sorry. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, working with their best friend. What you said totally triggered me because I think, well, it makes sense that you would make your best friends at work if you're following your passion with your career because you are all coming together. Like-minded. Yeah, like coming together towards a similar passion or so. I think we need to change industry. the word. I'm going to go to play. Play. Instead of work. I'm going to go to play. And I, like some I think you can make it work. I passion. think people dance around that and say, oh, it doesn't work. I don't mix it. But that's just an excuse for bad behavior. And if you recover from things, we've had, uh, we've literally only had one fight in our friendship. And I don't yeah. think. And it was over one. me. There's always who's time. better? <laughs> who's closer friends with JD? Actually, no, it's have, me. No, it's you. Who's your favorite, JD? Who's she your favorite? Me or really possessive. <laughs> but you, well, I had one fight with Rick. Yes, oh, yeah. I want to hear about this. Let's hear I about was it. the boss and I was trying to produce a show and I wanted, I, I mean, now that I think about it, I was really rude <laughs> because I said to Rick, hey, I want you to be more like Dr. Phil. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh. Remember that? I do not remember that. I honestly, you're too, you're too nice. intellectual. I said, come on, you have to talk about yourself and you have to make, make it kind of personal. And you know what you said? No, I can't do that because I have patients in, and they're not supposed to know about me. I said, well, you can't be on TV. Oh, Whoa. Man. Wow, that's so interesting. I have no recollection oh of that story. God. Denial, denial. <laughs> because the story that I remember personally is at, at this juncture, uh, Giselle Fernandez was the, oh, the anchor. Another friend. And at the last minute, she wanted me to change the story that we had prepared to do. And I said, hell no. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and that was the way I remember that we parted ways, Marsha. And how long did we part the... ways for? What's that? How long were we parted ways? We liked each other so much. I, I, I don't remember, but obviously we... the better part of our relationship has been fantastic. Together. Oh. Was well, actually, I think I called you to be on the show again. And you said, okay, okay, I'll try to be like, more, I would more be, open about myself. I would be more guys, like Dr. Phil, but I'm too busy combing my hair. Yeah. Okay? 
So who has the time? You're too sexy to be. It's a nice, healthy head of hair for anybody listening on podcast. But you guys also went from boss booking relationship to being on a show together. You created a web series called Sound Device, which is my favorite title of a show. Best best name Um, ever. You better trademark that, okay? Um, So you guys are just. you have these parallels in your lives. Uh, what a, w- Speak on mending fences. What would you give a takeaway for one of our listeners or, or how, like, if we were to have a riff or something, yes. what's your best advice on extending that olive branch yeah. or mending fences? Especially between friends. Huh? Yeah. What do you think, Rick? Well, I, look, at, I, I think that it, it's not that complicated in some ways. What it means is being able, if you've made a mistake, to tell your friend that you're sorry uh, if they've been bruised or or hurt by something that you said or did. Uh, People often have a difficult time doing that. And certainly on the other end, being able to forgive. Um, We all make mistakes. I think that what, what, look, I, I think that if a relationship is new and it's young and it doesn't have a lot of equity yet, um, young relationships can be broken very easily. But if you've had a relationship where you've built a lot of trust and, and affection for each other, you're going to hit bumps in the road. And those are just small withdrawals in, in the big picture. And I think having a perspective when those moments happen in friendships and all of what you valued with each other, hopefully, you know, is, is what will get you past that, that moment in time. Yeah, you said- know what? I, I'm going to say this. When two people fight and they turn on the stonewalling uh, department, and they, they become uh, uh, unable to talk to each other. Generally, it's because they're afraid of their own rage. Mm. Uh, you, have to, you have to look inside yourself because you feel so angry and you feel as if you could, could tear somebody apart, really. And you're, it's, you're fearful of your own anger. So you go off on your own and don't say anything. So that's the silent treatment. The silent treatment is really like burying your rage or at least like delaying it, letting it grips with your own anger. And you can see that anger, you know, keeping it up is really uh, fruitless. Hmm. Then you can make things happen. The other thing is that, you know, when I deal with couples, you have to know what is, what are people really angry at? People are never angry at what they're talking about. They're There's always angry the at something. Underneath. Yeah, and if they keep arguing, it eventually comes up. <laughs> like the thing that they're exactly. actually upset about. What is the root? Well, I, I, like we talked about earlier about, you know, um, childhood and how you sort of, um, you learn and unlearn behaviors, right? And what you saw in your parents' dynamic. What I saw often was, <laughs> I can't tell you, and this is so dangerous, but how many times we were in a moving vehicle and someone tried to get out of the car, like that whole power uh, move of I'm leaving this situation or the walk away. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> I've in almost your jumped out of therapy? a moving car. Like, Oh, there you go again. Just walk away when I'm not done with this. Is My that a power that. move or is that a, what, what is that with couples when they do that or in a friendship? Well, I, I want to hear about this, uh, Mindy, what happened in the car, but first let me just <laughs> She's tell like, you that nope. I used to, threatened divorce every time I was pissed. Oh, yeah. My oh, husband yeah. had a great personality. One day Aww. he said, would you stop it? You're never leaving me. <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. And he said, you know, we're going to be together forever. So that's that. So don't say that anymore. It just makes me angry. And I, I never said it again. Good for him. Good. Wow. Yeah. And good she for you. He drew a boundary. I mean, I've heard that too, Marsha, and you probably agree with this. I've heard... 
Don't ever use those words to threaten the relationship because that's just like the, D, that's the, the divorce, bomb. The it's big just, D word. Absolutely, and unless you really mean it, but yeah. I do see couples. I uh, saw a couple recently. He he used it all the time, oh. uh, thinking that that shock therapy would finally motivate her to change. Oh. And 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 yeah, I I think that as, as you said, Mindy, I think unless you really mean it. Uh, you don't threaten that the relationship is over or you're heading for divorce. It's too nuclear. It's like, so where do you go from there? When we're talking about friends, let me just say this. First of all, married couples really do need to be friends. That mm -hmm. is the basis for any good marriage. A person who likes the other person for who he or she is, yeah. that not what they can give them, but the fact that they care uh, about that person's well-being. And one of the things that, um, that uh, uh, Rick and I have sort of been trained in the John Gottman method, and when you get into a fight with somebody, especially a husband or a wife, you really need to have a repair mechanism. Yes. And a lot of times a repair mechanism goes a very long way. Humor is usually the best repair me mm -hmm. uh, mechanism. If I would get into a fight, for example, with my husband at night when I got into bed and I would be silent, he would get into bed and he would start to touch me on the shoulder like a bear. Think, <laughs> Talk to me. Come on. You're not going to be. And he would make me laugh so hard that I couldn't be mad. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody, though, that. always ends up being in that role as the icebreaker. Or yeah. Is there always that one person who goes, come on, what are we doing? Or like, there's two uh, people the really stubborn. The I've jokester. three-day silent treatments. I've had. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm that would very be stubborn. Three-day silent treatments. Is that you? you uh, is that what you do? We can. We have, yes. And oh, so I'm afraid of, of my own. Oh, no, we both were like, I'm not talking. Really? Three days. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> I, well, that seems like such a, a nasty oh, the wisdom of middle life. Struggle. It's a waste uh, of time. Struggle, yeah. Yeah, it is. What a terrible strategy for the. the we don't do that anymore. I will say that was early on when we were learning about each other, and we we've never done that in five, six years now, at right. least. I mean, but there was a time when it was just like well, it could be a power struggle. Wills. It was about, and we both have really strong, strong wills. wills. Right. Two alpha I'm not giving. In. <laughs> you remember, Mindy, what it was about uh, the thing about yourself. That was so in, so angered and and unhappy at whatever the problem was. You remember? I, I you know what I can remember the gist of things being like, this is so unfair and I'm so mad. Libra. Like I am like this is not. I and I do I go back. To, I don't know how much that plays into worlds, but I believe for me that I am very about a fair and balanced exchange and and relationship. And I just felt really. It was very unjust, and I was just mad. Mm. And so that enrages a Libra, by the oh, way. That well, is that is a trait of a Libra. Well, that makes if a lot of sense. The justice—that's the woman. The justice. Mm -hmm. so, and if, so, but Mindy, were you not able to say that to your your husband at that time? Um, that maybe what? he didn't care that it wasn't unfair. <laughs> this, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel fair. I don't like the way I'm. Yeah, being we treated. talked about. I mean, we have gone come so far, and we laugh because we're like, look, it's not been perfect, but it's been perfect in its imperfection because we have worked through so much. I mean, gosh, we've been married almost 20 eight, years, 18. Almost. We've been together 19 years now and it's better than it's ever been. And, and we both, we are so 
proud that we've worked through things. I mean, he and I both speak publicly about the fact that I came from a, a relationship. My parents were married. They still are 56 years. I never saw discourse. I never saw a fight. Yeah, she grew I never up in saw Disneyland. making up. It was Disneyland. So that kind of crippled me a little bit because I didn't know how to deal with conflict. Whereas mm. he was, you know, had divorced parents, an alcoholic father, had, you know, had to fight for a lot of stuff and was really scrappy. So when he was scrapping, I'm like, it's over, oh, you know? And he's like, what? I'm like, we're fighting. He's like, no, we're not. I'm like, yeah. You know, so we had to get through that because, you know, I had to get a little tougher and realize it's not the end all be all. It's just, we're just disagreeing. And then we had to get through Some it. Some people like to fight. It's like a I showing don't. of affection. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to fight for this. Or, you know, some people get um, an adrenaline rush from fighting. I know my parents are uh, almost addicted to now that dynamic where they're that like, can happen, something's can't wrong, it? we're not fighting. And then they just make something up so they can show each other this, you know, familiarity. They get so caught up in in role of, of having angst with each right. other. Yeah, usually people who like that kind of anger and adrenaline are people who have attention deficit disorder. Hmm. Mm. That may be, mm. be a few of those in this studio. <laughs> me, me That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I had a question for both of you. Um, you know, you're both uh, incredibly successful psychotherapists, and and Dr. Rick, you know, you focus on trauma and grief, and and Marcia, you focus on couples. In both of those scenarios, because this is a podcast about friendship, I'm curious, what is like the number one issue that people bring to you dealing with the friend whether it's in trauma with a friend or couples with a friend the couples are friends oh, in couples, so. like i mean an outside friend not not either the couple like what is the most common thing for you marcia like if a couple comes in with a complaint about a friend situation is it your friends are taking up too much of your time or, you know i'm just curious when when that happens in therapy yeah well l l let me just jump in for a quick second because to, to that question i'm not saying this is happens all the time but right now, the, 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 the circumstances I see are a number of people that are coming in about affairs and the partner is having an affair with the other partner's best friend. Oh, oh I've, wow. And, and I, oh. I now have several people in that circumstance right now. Um, so you want to talk about trauma and, and friendship and, and really the betrayal that people go through in those circumstances and feeling both betrayed by their, their, their husband or wife. And, and of course, betrayed by somebody friend. that they thought was their dearest friend. Hmm. I mean, and it's, how, how do you deal with that, Rick? What do you, how do you deal with them? How do you, how do you, how do you recover from that? Like really, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I would say of, of two of the couples that I can think of right now are, are headed for divorce. Mm. Uh, one has been working on it for about a year and a half and it's been brutal. And I think that, you know, look at it, it's such an obvious takeaway, but, but in terms of infidelity and the impact on friendship, whether that's marriage or an outside friend who's gotten involved, it's, it really is one of the most devastating and traumatic mm. things that, that, that I see. And I'm sure you do too, Marsha. Um, and, and it's, 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 it's such a deep are betrayal. Are you saying that you've seen a rise in that kind of activity? I don't know that it's been a, in a, a rise, Mindy, but but it's certainly in terms of my practice right and now. the number of people that I'm now seeing in that circumstance, 
uh, it's 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 unusual. I wonder if it has something to do with the fact with this pandemic, people aren't out the socializing bubble. and they're just mm. in their friendship bubbles. And so the only other option is ah. the friends that are hanging out with you, the close Blurred friends, lines. the close families. It, 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 it's a good theory, except that these affairs happened before the COVID. Oh, oh well, never mind. I guess it's as good a time as any, Mindy, right. about me and Glenn. All right, <laughs> we'll just get into it. Well, remember the famous uh, situ- situation with Shania Twain. I don't know oh, if you yeah. remember that, where Shania Twain, um, with her husband, and uh, made sung many songs about him, was so in love with him, and uh, he had an affair with her best friend, oh. and then they stayed together, and then the the husband of her best friend and her joined to console with each other through their betrayal that they became a couple. Did you guys remember that whole story? Oh, that's so they right. were victims so they of swapped. betrayal they and they came together to just help each other through it. And then they became a couple. The ultimate. Yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with that story. I've heard of people doing that basically mm-hmm. to get together to now punish the husband and wife who betrayed <laughs> oh, yeah, them. That may be the motive. You're right. Turned around is fair play, but yeah, usually that's not going to happen. You must hear everything. Marsha, what do you think about what the the term "broken people" or uh, "hurt people"? Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt. What I I mean now that I am a divorcee (laughs) sounds so weird, but I uh, many people try to match make me, and I've said you know I'm not really interested in someone who hasn't been down the road that I've been, where Mm -hmm. most people when I was younger was like I don't want any baggage, I don't want anybody that's had kids, I don't want someone who's been married. But now in my midlife, I'm like, wait a minute, it's sort of like an experience that evolves you as a human being and the pain and everything. What do you feel about that whole hurt people, hurt people or broken, find brokenness? Well, I think people who who have had uh, problems in marriages need to understand why the marriage went sour. And uh, the next step is to see that uh, you're not marrying the same person in another bodysuit, because that's what generally happens. Mm. We are programmed from childhood to find people that feel familiar to us, even in the neurotic, especially in the neurotic parts. And so um, if you're looking to a person to help you get through all of the childhood hurts that you've had, um, you're going to have a difficult marriage. So you have to make sure that you've worked on yourself before you get out there to meet someone else. That would be my biggest advice. It's like, don't find the right person, be right. the right person. So how do you break that so, pattern, what's though? nice thing. I like that. I, think that's, I, think that, I agree. I think that's a great line. I love that. So yeah. I love to put that down, Michelle. That's don't a good line for find you. the right person, be, be the, the right, right person. person. Right. And when you are the right person, that's when you meet somebody. That's when you attract the right this is situation. The, literally the exercise that the last time I was in therapy was in 2017. <laughs> and um, <laughs> besides this one, the last time I was in a session, no, I was, was because I felt like I was struggling so much as a now then 39, 40 year old man, like still having struggling with love. And what am I not doing right? And am I looking for the wrong people? And the first thing my therapist said was you need to stop dating so much calm down and at least give us six minutes for you just to fall in love with yourself. Six minutes? Six months. That was a lot. It took you, it but I did it in six long. minutes. And here's what I want to talk about. 
Study, kids. You'll do that, well on that's tests. Good, that's good therapy. One yeah. session, exactly. you're done. No, but I'll tell you this much. I did it. I did it. I followed because I am a good you know, rule follower. And I didn't date anybody for six months. And then uh, this was the summer of 2018 now. And the, then the know. next thing the therapist said is, if I had ever considered getting a dog or whatever, this might be a good time to now try to love outwardly. I did that, and a week later, I met George. I love that. He adopted two dogs. Lucy and They Ethel. were a twofer. He went to get one dog, and the um, pound said, uh, no, this is a twofer deal. They can't yes, be without each other. The, and so we came home switch. with two dogs, Ethel and Lucy. That teaches you people people need people, and dogs need dogs. <laughs> dogs need dog owners. So I have a question. Um, because people fight. People disagree. I mean, adults, friends marriages, children's parents. What is the first rule of thumb when you feel like you are being barraged or like some people like, like my daughter will yell Fair at me. fighting rules. Yeah. And she's like, don't walk away from me. And I'm like, when you're ready to have a respectful tone, I will come back. But she's like, you always walk away. You always leave. And I'm just trying to explain like, I won't tolerate. I won't this. tolerate this when you and she has a teenager. Everybody, 12, 13, let's have a yeah. moment of silence for all of us <laughs> who, for who, who has a dealing with teenagers. We should have a sound girl. effect for that. Every girl. time we talk about teens, Carol Burnett once told me that that she had a doctor who said to her about her teenage daughter, "Just understand that you have a mental patient in your house for the next five years. Just so remember true. that." I need a degree in psychotherapy then. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree with that. But no. sometimes, oh, yeah, I like, oh I like this. What do you mm, think? They're fighting, folks. Let's see how they work it out. Look, at, I think every kid is so different. Um, and I've had one kid who was unbelievably difficult in adolescence. And then I have another son, uh, Alec J. Schumann. And uh, honestly, we through teenagehood, we never had a bad moment. I've got um, and, and it's just we've just been very fortunate. So every kid is very different in that regard. But I don't think every teenager is on the brink of uh, mental. Illness. No, I have one that's perfectly. Oh, she was making a little. You could take that with a light. You know, that's Carol Burnett saying. Mm -hmm. that. I yeah. love the fact yeah. that you're even I... just name dropping. Carol Burnett <sighs> once told me, when can Marcia we just stop and appreciate that Burnett, comment I for died. a moment? Like yeah. one degree separation from Carol Burnett. <laughs> But Bindi, I want to go back to what you said, because I think what you said was really um, important and, and uh, insightful. You were talking about people arguing and about how you do that. And I think what you said to your daughter is completely correct. And, and it's probably the word I use most with, with couples, and I imagine you do too, Marsha, about and in families. You can disagree about anything and everything, and you can be passionate about it. But I think what you said, Mindy, is absolutely essential, and that is about a level of respect. Yeah. that has to be there regardless. And whether that's with your teenage daughter, your husband, your wife, your dear friend, that is fundamental. And I think for you to draw a line in the sand with your daughter and say, I'm walking away because you're treating me in an unacceptable manner, I think you're being a great person and a great mom. Wow. That's good to know. All right. Pop. Well, I have a, can I, uh, I agree with all of that, but I would add a, a little bit of, um, a, a, of little, this, a little bit of, dis, not disagreement, it's just another way one might be able to handle this mm -hmm. and that is um i think parents have to be a little bit like psychotherapists just a little <laughs> yeah when a child is angry and unhappy and is screaming at you and doesn't know they're they're dysregulated there's something that is killing them inside yeah and i think if you just say to them look i see you're upset 
I see that you're angry about something. I see that you are unable to really uh, tell it to me calmly. So calm down, think what you want to say to me. And when you can say it calmly, then we and let's can talk, talk about it. But you mm-hmm. acknowledge. Give them a chance to formulate their feelings. Yes, you also acknowledge that they have feelings. You know, one of the problems with uh, uh, raising children, little ones, is that parents don't understand when their child is is not feeling good or screaming or in a, in a rage or something, they need to acknowledge that the children are feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a child falls down and hurts their knee, it is not a good idea for the parent to go to the child and say, oh, stop crying. This is nothing. This doesn't feel... Mm-hmm. The child yeah, feels don't diminish so their feelings. Never validated. grow up with his own feelings intact. Mm-hmm. And if a parent tells the child he's not feeling what he's feeling, the child grows up not knowing who he is. Oh. And it's the same with the teenager. Just acknowledge that they're in a state, you get it, but they need to calm down in order for them to talk to you. Resolve doesn't happen. Yeah, I've never, I've always heard not to use the words, you're okay, you're okay, this to not to use that. I'll say, whoa, that must have hurt. Stand up, let's brush it off, Mm -hmm. brush it off, okay. Cry it out. You know, we try to make it a quick, fun, like, acknowledgement of whatever that pain is. Well, and I think to Marsha's point and, and to the theme of your show about friendships, I think that one of the key ingredients in good friendships and good relationships is, as Marcia said, feeling that somebody's heard you, somebody is acknowledging you, somebody's taking your feelings seriously. And and I think that that's one of the most important ingredients in good relationships. Again, you can disagree, but I see your point of view. I understand why you're upset. Mm. I don't quite get what I did to cause that, but I do hear you. Recognize. That that kind of validation and as Marcia said, acknowledgement, I think is absolutely imperative. And I think we also with um, like our friendships, we, we, play on each other so well because we have different strengths and we have different weaknesses and we know each other so well. And I think sometimes we don't let our kids uh, be who they are or we put identities on them um, that we've created. And a teenager is trying to break free of that, right? And questioning who they are. And that's going to lead me to my word that I had to Google when Marsha schooled my ass one time. Um, schooled you? She schooled my ass when we were at KTLA. And well, I you have to explain that I was your boss for a while. Yes, yes, yes. And she had every right to school and, you and correct you. That was well, her role. Well, I think what benefited me with Marsha um, was that I'm from the East Coast. And I think a lot of people, you know, Marsha was on this high pedestal and, and her career was high. So a lot of people were afraid of her. Oh, and, I was terrified of her. And yeah, <laughs> she woman. had this. Not because she was ever she mean or whatever, this, just because she of her position. It's power. like she yeah. walked, you know, two inches off the floor, and everything she said <laughs> was always with um, purpose. And like, come on, now. you know, I, I'm being honest with you. And, it's true. and I would I, always be like, I'm not afraid of her. A lot like, of reverence. I feel like I really appreciate when people mean what they say and say what they mean. I can't stand Straight that whole West Coast yeah. soft served kind of communication. So when she would give me a directive and she like literally we would do a segment and I'd run into the control booth looking for her approval like a child. And she would be like, that was a piece of shit. Like, I can't believe <laughs> I didn't see that before it made air. And then one, and then sometimes when I would think something was awful, she was like, Michelle, you're really getting there. You're really getting there. But one time I booked a guest and she couldn't stand the guest. And I'm like, but I, I, I worked with them over the phone. And right. I'm sure you guys have pre-interviewed and somebody's amazing. And then they get on camera and they're like, 
they just they don't know what to do they really are afraid of that camera and marcia said he was so affectatious and i was like holy shit i don't even know what that means (laughs) um and i think now the button word that everybody uses is authenticity right Mm, right. be authentic like people don't like someone that's not authentic show your flaws be who are affectatious means non-authentic or being fake like showing airs and um i learned that so anytime (laughs) and i always say affectatious now and think of marcia and i look (laughs) at people to see if they know what it means it's really a fun game but (laughs) but with teenagers in particular and friends like you'll see friends that you've known for a long time and then they get in another group because when we are in midlife you've got mommy groups you've got work groups you've got religious groups you've got Yoga all groups, these different identities groups. that you play on to yeah you're married couples groups mm-hmm. and your kids sort of see you change your card right so they're watching us be affectatious in different parts of our lives Yet we have an expectation of them to be a certain way all the time. And I think it's unrealistic. I'm always an advocate. You guys always laugh at me. I'm always an advocate for the kid. Because I I always tell my kid, I go, even on a perfect day, being a kid, especially a teenager, is freaking hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard even on a good day. So, But I try to teach my kids to be... um, non-affectatious Look at and <laughs> taking Marsha's and be work. authentic, right? Be, be allowed to make mistakes. Of course. And, 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 you know, what you're describing, of course, is the, the toughest mission. And I think you'll agree with this, Marsh for all of us is, is growing into ourselves and feeling the security and safety to be true to who we are um, and not putting on a role for other people or thinking that we're here to please everybody else's expectations, but here's who I am. Maybe you'll love me. Maybe you won't. But here's what's important to me, and here's who I am. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, guys. You have something very good to look forward to. When you get older, as I am, really old now, oh. one of the nice things, it's, it's about the best thing about being older, is that you finally grow into yourself mm. without fear. You I like that. You don't care what people think of you as much. Uh, you say what you want to say. You feel kind about it. You don't have to prove anything. All the ambition that you had uh, seems to have just sort of melted away. You're happy to be who you are. That is the best part of aging. And it's when it's that is the truly authentic self. I am looking and forward to that. probably yeah. why I'll research shows us that happiness peaks again in your in your 100%. 60s and 70s and later in yeah, life. Yeah, 65 to 75 is, is when you're happiest. Is you're comfortable in your skin. It's the happiest decade. I think right. there's a lot of different reasons for that. And certainly one of them going to, to what you've been saying about having young kids, that part of why life gets easier over time is the kids grow up They're and you have your life back. Marriages take a big dip. One of the, the, the biggest detriments to a marriage is kids. Yeah. And, and what's called the U-shaped version of happiness and that U-shaped version, bottom the, of the U, the happiness goes down as as the kids are growing up, and you're being distracted from each other, and then it comes back up as they're starting to move on with their life. Well, hopefully, you get to make it through that U. That, that's always- exactly. Yeah, I always say get to the other side. I, you know, uh, yeah. willfully, and you two experienced. Um, this is another. We had a, a show called "Showing Up for Your Friends." And maybe you could give advice about this. You both shared a trauma simultaneously in right. your lives that were huge. 
And um, we have had shows where we go, how do you be a friend sometimes when you don't know what to say? And then people get scared and then they're actually a really shitty friend in result of their own fears of mortality or it's too close to their own story. Maybe they lost a parent and they just, it's too close to the fire. Can you give advice on how you two were there for each other in that time? Sure. Um, well, you start, Rick, because I think uh, your dad died before my husband died. Yeah, this was uh, back in 2008, and uh, my father, in September 2nd, 2008, uh, my dad was uh, murdered. And, uh, and then several months later, uh, Marsha's husband uh, died in, in uh, the course of his cancer treatment at, at Cedars-Sinai. And um, we offered a lot of solace and comfort and support for each other. And I think to, to your, your, your point, Michelle, it's, it's completely correct, is understanding in those moments, there's nothing magical that, that you can say to somebody. I think that one of my clients used the phrase, he's in uh, training as a therapist, and he talks about being able to sit in the dark with somebody. Just oh, being able wow. to be there with them, not having anything brilliant that's going to take away that loss and that pain. Just, I am here with you. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't have anything magical I can do, but I love you. I'm here for you, however I can be of support. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people say well-meaning, but really ridiculous things to one another um, at these awful times. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, he's in a better place, really. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. Um, there are all kinds of those things that people say. The or, 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 the, or the, the one I always hate is, you know, everything happens for a reason, uh. and that is one of my pet peeves. There's a lot of things that happen in life that are random, and and as the famous said, you know, oftentimes, you know, bad things happen to good people for no, no god reason. Good reason. Right. Being able to sit in that uncertainty and, and, and accept the fact that life is not fair is a huge lesson that contributes to almost all like healthy mental um, things. I have a question for you mm, both. So sorry um, you've both been through that. It's though. getting warmer. You know, we're in April, it's springtime, and um, we've just come, you're kind of coming out of this massive big trauma, the pandemic. I wonder what are you guys, what, what, are, what are the concerns that, um, could happen right now with people that would lead them or make them want to go to um, to see a therapist? What are the, like, as we're transitioning, because I feel like a big change is about to happen. And as this is happening, a lot of change breeds oftentimes conflict or negative energy and Consciousness. fear. Yeah. And so what are the, what are the big concerns you guys are looking for coming out of the pandemic in terms of psychotherapy? And then what are things that people can do to sort of safeguard against them? Ms. Marsh? There are a lot of lonely people right now, and I think uh, what I hear from my, and I have a lot of young uh, 30s, 20s, 30s, and early 40s clients who talk about the fact that they, uh, they are jealous of uh, any, anybody who has a partner. Mm. Uh, they feel alone. They don't know how they're going to meet. Uh, they swipe and swipe left mm. and swipe right and all of that, and they meet horrible uh, examples of humanity in that. And um, I think that, uh, especially for the, that group of people, this pandemic has been very hard. It's also been very hard for young people who are wanting careers. I mean, that's going to be uh, a biggest, one of the biggest problems. How do you get a job in the field that you want? 
you know, it's, it's really tough for those kids to feel that there's a future. And we do have a changing social and uh, political climate. And I think they feel very helpless. Lost. Yeah. That's yeah. Look at what, what did you, what did you say, Michelle? Did you say lost? Lost. Yeah. Yeah. And and lost. I mean, think of all of the things that have been lost this year in terms mm. of time. Imagine people going off to college who can't really do that. All of the relationships they would have had, whether they would have met their life partner along the way, uh, people who lost a, a mom or dad during the pandemic. Um, people whose careers for no reason, uh, no fault of their own have been lost. So I think to your question, and help me out with this, Marsh, and I think your, your word, Michelle, is right. I think there's so much loss and grief in so many different areas. And I don't even think, I think it'll be years before we understand, I think, the full extent Impact, of how yeah. this has changed people's lives in, in profound ways. You know, you talk about, um, so when you think about social media, and we're more connected than we've ever been, but we're lonelier than we've ever been. I, I think that's right. And, and one of the things that, that in, both in life and certainly in grief and trauma, it is social connection is so important. And, and being able to touch somebody else. I mean, people tell me, you know, I talk to some women who haven't been able to hug their kids or their grandkids mm -hmm. for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been touched in a year. I haven't made love for a year. I couldn't pick up my grandchild. It's terrible. And, and you know, there was a 75-year study at, at Harvard University looking at what is the greatest source of happiness? And of course, the obvious answer after 75 years relationships, social connections. Those are the most meaningful part of our life. And without that, it's pretty hard to find peace. Well, I feel so fortunate to have forged these friendships here in a meaningful way before the onset of social media, because I, I had a talk with my daughter just last night, and she says it is, she knows more people than she's like 500 on Snapchat in different countries or counties and different cities and different schools. She knows more people than she can even count and yet she doesn't have a single trusted friend because everybody lies and then you can see where they are and i just i said brooke i'm so sorry that you are growing up in this time and i'm trying to help her navigate that to find trustworthy friends but these kids they yeah. lie they say they're going to do something they don't i don't know i hope they grow out of it but social media allows that oh i'm not here you know and then they just i feel so fortunate to afford friendships before that world and i don't know I, how kids are doing it now Think of it, I mean, in terms of knowing all these people, but still having no experiences together. I mean, uh, part of what holds great relationships is we've had experiences right. together. We had some great moment. We went on a trip. We had a great meal. We went to that concert together. And absent all that, I'm not sure how you have a deep friendship. No. Memes. They don't even talk to each other. They text. <laughs> the I mean, problem. that's a world of yeah. text. There's no touching there's communication you're right i think the shared experiences is something that bonds us together and if we can't have any experiences because we're all home then all you have is text and talk and right. talk so about you're right i think it's gonna come i, mean, that's I remember when space. you mindy and michelle used to run outside i, mean, I saw your friendship bloom <laughs> i remember when the fire trucks used to come to ktla the two of you were out there oh, looking for firemen. There's, there's <laughs> Mindy, Mindy snagged one for uh, a few minutes. We used to do this thing. It was our little molecule. Oh gosh, firemen! Now I'm <laughs> now I'm thinking through all the connections. Yes, fun firemen. Laugh. Those two used to dance. They used to have such a good time. I saw that friendship bloom from the very beginning, and, and it was 
wonderful. I think as you were saying, Mindy, if, if you just knew these people through social media, you wouldn't have the kind of love and affection that you so clearly feel. Can't happen. Well, I think too, missing, um, we were talking about how do you recover from a fight, but also when you miss someone, um, you know, when Mindy, JD and I talk about, I don't think Mindy ever realized our personal experience when she left the show, what it, what happened to us? Like it really messed us up because we were in the same place without her and she moved on and was in different places. And I, you know, I made up stories and pitches just so Mindy and I could get on an airplane and go have fun. Right. <laughs> like that was the bulk of my pitches. Like Marsha, don't you really think I should do a sex in the city story mm-hmm. and move and think we should fly, fly on the Concord and go don't with Mindy? And don't you <laughs> think the last flying Concord is an important Mindy, yeah. story? Oh, I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so so she, tell you, you do have to work at friendship and keep it, keep it vital. Yes. Yes. So friendships can get very stale in the same way that marriages get stale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you miss someone and you honor that friendship, I think a lot of people in this pandemic have have valued the relationships more. So I think that is the positive because maybe you took for granted all those times. Like we just had a huge zoom with my auntie from Chile who um, had her birthday and we realized, Oh my God, it's been one year. Last year, it was like the first Zoom family Zoom. And I go, but you guys, think about it. We never family Zoomed. So so this is a benefit. Right. We never I- had those things. So now we value those friendships. And I think bridging the elderly with the young has been a huge um, positive from the pandemic. Finally, like, you know, culturally, this country doesn't do well with elderly. And now I feel like, hey, we're, we're connecting. We're connecting. Right. Well, Michelle, you have to remember you have an elderly and me. So oh, you, have- you call well, you and I. You and I were like soul sisters. There was no age between us. I mean, yes, um, the boss relationship. But when you left KTLA, like she named my second son. Aww. And we have that bond. And and then I told her, uh, you know, she, I, you know me. I'm always, I always hey. get a cry moment. But Feel those I always dreamed of having a relationship that Marcia had with her husband. And when he died, it was so hard. And she still to this day calls him my Al. She doesn't ever just refer to him as who she literally claimed him as hers. And they always um, just regarded each other. Like what's that um, high regard? I've never seen that. I've saw saw so much um, strife in marriage my whole life. And, to see a relationship where they literally were like so smart and so loving to each other and something to aspire to soul was born at cedars when al died at cedars yeah and marcia went from one tower to the next to see (sighs) okay honey and i know why don't we (laughs) hug it out right trauma trauma (laughs) trauma is there you know, well, you're talking about friendship and 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 feeling Marsha's love for you and and how she was there in this extraordinary moment between losing her partner and then being there for the birth of your child. I mean, just having full to flip circle. That what an extraordinary circle testament life. to life! Exactly, like that is the nature of life: is yeah. that you live and then you born and it, then die. And you have to treasure your friendships. You know, uh, friendships are probably 
one of the most important things that we uh, go through life with. Chosen and, uh, family. Yeah. The people exactly. that, yeah. that are there for you. And they don't have to be there in any other way than just to say, I feel what you're feeling. Yep. I and know I, I have a feeling that you're hurting and I'm sorry that you're hurting, but I'm here. That's oh, amazing. That's great and advice. And look, it has Thank no gender you. and no age. You guys have been right. friends. You had, uh, you know, your partners, and you still respected those boundaries and had a wonderful friendship professionally and personally. And us, you know, it, it's just... Um, I'll make I, you one bet that the three of you laugh a great deal because I would tell you that what Rick and I have <laughs> is a... I don't know what goes on with us. <laughs> I'm about five years old when we get together. You get silly. Yep. That's also familiar. Yes. I, I will tell you that I have. No one makes her laugh. Peed like my pants more than I've ever. Been. <laughs> I need. I will need more. Really high depends as we age in this friendship. <laughs> really thick depends. That's the best thing. I'll That's what we say. We, we're here to live, love, learn and grow and laugh you know like that's what this this crazy that's journey is about that's our coping mechanism a lot of sure. words there i want to pick a word we want to oh, yeah. we, 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 time. Time. we know you all have a lot of other right, shows to do be our on word. today rapid fire word <laughs> guys pulling a word out first Ready? thing you think of word when you of the hear podcast it. i don't like that one what is it <laughs> you don't you don't judge it just let it be. okay i think it says succeed succeed there's like three E's okay, in there okay mindy that's something different that's not the point the point is what do you think when you hear succeed Succeed. Well, that's a good thing to do, but don't base everything on it. That's oh. what I, I think uh, success is being happy with oneself. I'm telling you from my age, age and my vantage point, all of the work that I did to get where I was going, I'm glad I did it. But when you get to a place where it doesn't matter so much anymore, that's real success. How interesting. Cause oh, the I succeed like for her initially sparked career, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, what you meant, because yeah, succeed is because you can be successful across all kinds of avenues of life. What about you, Doctor Rick? I the, the the word that came to my mind was a, 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 it, it, you know apropos of what Marsha was saying is about acceptance, and I think that that success is about finding peace in yourself and in your life, uh, and and being less dependent on how other people see you and, and judge you. That's what I think success is when you found who you are. Amen. 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 Can I get a hallelujah in here? Hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> what about you, JD? What's success? Uh, it's funny because as soon as he said that, I was thinking, yeah, if, if for me to be successful is to be at peace. And what brings me peace was ever since I learned the trick of just accept it. Like acceptance is the biggest key in my life to peace. And peace is the biggest measure of success for me. Wow. Man, yeah. so Men. profound. I don't know. I, I think that I'm in a constant state of learning. And to me, that's success to never stop learning. I have a quote that I love. It's called, it, it's when you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're rotten. Like the minute you think you know all the answers is mm. the minute you begin to ripe. An apple starts to rot the minute it's most ripe. 100%. So stay green because that process, I think, is a successful way of approaching life because you never know all the answers. But Mindy, it's not easy being green. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not easy being green. <laughs> but it's fun. Kermie. Just ask the M&M. Kermie, Kermie, Kermie. I no. Oh, okay. Succeed for me. The first thing that came in my mind was support. And um, if you build and cultivate a support system, and I mean by friends, mm -hmm. and um, and 
and people who've witnessed an arc of your life, if you're not dumping along the way through every decade of your life, that's succeeding. If you keep those those good nuggets around and you, like you said, Marsha, like almost like just harvesting um, and nurturing those relationships because, and also Dr. Rick said, you know, the young friends you can dump easily, but it's the people that stick around and know you like the back of their hand and have gone through a, maybe a trauma and those dark times together. That's success. When you have a support system and God knows uh, these two uh, and, a, and a lot of people helped me through one of my darkest times uh, going through COVID recently. And um, honestly, um, you know, I think my family was almost too close to the fire uh, they were so terrified of me dying that I would have to give them support uh, for being so scared for me and my children. But my my support was my circle of friends that filled me up more than drained me. And um, so I say succeed is a support and um, make sure you cultivate a good support system in your life. And the, the quote I found on that, and in, in order to succeed, we must believe that we can. Obviously, believing in yourself and believing in um, what we're here for is, is good quote. everything. But you guys... Marsha, aren't you like proud of this? Be- Look at this little chicken. Now she's like the center... center- Center chair. She's Center Square. Here in Hollywood Center Square. Square. She, she holds her own hair. She's like so such a natural at this. And look it at wonderful. And, and no affectation. Have always, you were when we saw you and, and looked at you in the beginning when we were hiring, you we knew how talented you were too. Oh, Hundred oh. percent. Yeah, we love our Michelle. Oh. We love her. She's love not her. affectatious at, at all. Authentic. Hundred percent authentic. This girl. I think it's true, and that's what I always felt knowing you early on, Michelle. Just what a genuine person you were. I loved your spirit. I loved your joy. You, you are just have so much charm about you. You're you're hard to resist. Oh, that's at M A Orego. If you're interested in following our lovely Michelle on Instagram, irresistible that one. Oh, and JD Cargill, if you want to follow him. Oh, we're just plugging each other. And Mindy Stearns on Instagram. And what about you, MarshaBrandwin.com? Yes. Just Google Dr. Rick. You'll find him. Yes. We're gonna put his somewhere. Exactly. And we're gonna get that sound advice podcast going, and we're gonna have to have y'all on as regulars. That's just gonna have to be because we were going to just focus on one thing but boy did we take a ride yeah today. exactly and and that's what life's all about and we love you guys we thank would say you that you're being... officially in the friend zone but you've already been yeah, there yeah. so already we're there thank you for continuing to stay in that circle we have been so grateful for you to thank stop you. by thank with us today if i could pinch you i would thank you for being part of friends join us again love you guys love you did you like what you heard today on our podcast or did you like what you saw on our vidcast were you watching how about sending us a comment (laughs) or suggestion on any topic you want us to talk about we'll have new episodes every tuesday please join in the conversation on our facebook page subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on instagram you can download our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts see you next time on Friends and then some.